This episode is with Robert Bell. He is an optometry and optical consultant who will create more productivity within your practice in the terms of staff happiness, efficiency, and sales. He will boost your sales so much that you'll probably cry. So um, this was shot, uh, recorded at Vision Expo. Uh, sorry there's a little noise here. We were having fun, a few drinks, but uh, there's a lot of value in here. And this was done at a session called Stump the Eye Coach with Robert Bell. And I hope you really enjoy. Lots and lots of value here, and it's very sales-driven. By the way, make sure to hit us up on our new texting platform where you actually can communicate with Dr. Brill and myself, Perry. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, ask us for advice. Uh, just tell us you love us. Or uh, make a recommendation. You know what you want to hear on the podcast. We will seek that out for you. 913-660-2855. Shoot us a text message. We love emojis as well. So, does everybody Sorry. know what I do? <laughs> if you ever meet me on an airplane and say, what do you do for a living? I say, I yell at eye care professionals. Because I, I, I enjoy doing that. But what this is supposed to, I call it Stump the Eye Coach. It's part of my eye coach workshop. And basically, and I've opened it up to salespeople as well as opticians and doctors. But basically it's, Robert, what would you do? if you heard this from a patient or a customer. So that's what I want to hear tonight. Ask me questions. I'll give you a response, how I might respond, respond to something like that. And then after that, I'm gonna tell you where that comes from, where the philosophy comes from. Uh, but the, my basic philosophy and everything we do in this industry from a sales standpoint is breaking it down to the most simple thing for opticians or doctors. Why are they here? Why do they walk through my door? And this is one of Daniel's favorite lines of mine is, how long would you like to see when you leave here? I'm not kidding, I'm the king of dumb questions. Dumb questions get you smart answers. So when I say, how long would you like to see? I follow that up with 63%, 87%, 92%, 100%. 100%, who's not gonna say 100%? Well great, then price goes out the window. Now we're talking about their vision. Now they're rethinking how important their vision is. So throw questions at me. Anybody have a question? Not Dan, but anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Graham, for helping me set this up. I appreciate that. What's your point of view on charging for adjustments when the frame wasn't purchased at your store? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Years ago, when Warby Parker started coming out, there was uh, on ODs on Facebook, there was a doctor in Queens, New York, who was, oh my God, I have a patient out there and she wants her PD, I know she wants to buy online, what do I do? I was in a generous mood, I said, here's my phone number, if you have time, call me in the next five minutes, I'll walk you through it. And I've never done this before. But again, breaking it down to the most simple thing. Why is she there? Well, she needs an exam and she needs eyewear, okay. And she wants the PD, yeah, should I charge for it? Well, let me ask you a question. Why does she need the PD? Because she wants to buy online. No. Why does she need the PD? What do you mean? Well, without the PD, can she buy glasses from you? No. Can she buy glasses online? No. Can she buy glasses from LensCraft or anybody else? No. So the PD is of value, is it not? Yes. Now, you and I had this conversation a little bit last night. You're paying for nose pads. You're paying for screws. You're paying for time. You're paying for your optician's time. Yeah, charge. If they say, well, the place across the street doesn't charge, okay. Sometimes it's okay to say no. Go across the street. You have to value what you do. Period. Yes. 
you know, what I'm doing tonight for free? Daniel, when was the last time you saw me do anything like this? I, you know, I'm, every once in a while I get in the mood and I'm happy uh, to do this with, with folks because we all want the same thing. So, do you charge exorbitantly? No. You know, what do you charge, five, ten dollars? If you hire me as a consultant, one of the things I do is I, I blind shop. Not really blind shop, but I'll pop a lens out of my frame and I'll go into ABC Optometry. Hey, I was driving by, I'm from out of town, I'm here on business, I sat on my frame, my lens popped out, can you help me? Oh yeah, and I just want to see, but I always like to take my wallet out, what do I owe you? If they said $5, $10, I'll give them $5, If they said $25, I'll you know, back up a little bit, but nobody ever charges me. And I walk out of there scratching my head. It took time, it didn't take a lot of time, but it took their time and their expertise. I couldn't do it. Well, that's worth something. It's how you value yourself as a professional. Yes? Yes. You all Absolutely. work hard? And you all work smart? And to inadvertently defend where we partner, they reimburse those patients for getting their PD and adjustments. They reimburse up to, up to $50 for that kind of work. Yeah. So you have to educate the patient though. You know, they will pay you for that PD, the adjustment, everything else like that, patients don't realize that. If you look at the FAQ section of Warby Parker, Warby Parker knows that your time is worth money right. as an optician. Well, do you know they how understand. That? that? That story I just told you about that woman in Queens, then I wrote the Envision article, how to, how to charge for a PD. And right at, and I said charge $50. Right after that article came out, Warby Parker started reimbursing. You welcome optical industry. Yeah, yeah. The irony is, is Warby Parker is valuing what we do sometimes more than we value what we do. That's interesting. That's a really great observation. Okay. But that's because Warby Parker studied the industry. Yeah. They looked at it. They worked with the Vision Council. They worked with independents. And they said, this is a skill set that we don't have. So we know that we need to pay for that skill set. We take our own skill set for granted. I absolutely agree. I started my coach for one reason, one reason only. I grew up in this industry and I lived in Silicon Valley. I am sick and tired of being in the second class industry. How do I know we're in a second class industry? When I ask eye care professionals how many pairs of glasses does your average patient need, and they say three the majority of the time, and 90% of the time, 93% of the time in this country, patients are walking out with one. You said three, you can't sell two. Wow, we're in a second class industry. If you went to any other type of doctor and they gave you less than what you needed, that's a lawsuit at a minimum. Wow, you got service? That's that's impressive. Wow. <laughs> I value what they do. Okay. <laughs> Bravo, very good. All right, any other questions? Here I have my opticians, you guys came for a reason. What what's the one thing you patients? do or saving you that just hurts you can't overcome that challenge. I'm putting you on the spot. I know. Yeah, um, yeah I'll give you a back rub while you can. <laughs> <laughs> no question now. I think, I think it's, ask me a question, Robert. I think it's <laughs> you know, I, I jump actually closer to where my employees are like urging me and not questioning what people walking in the dark. Because I didn't have answers for for most people's. Are you talking about objections? But yeah. In terms of yeah, but it, but you know the being able to to upsell or multi-sell 
friends and, and doing that and, and not feeling, you know, how do you convince, how do you convince another optician that, you know, they, they need to be selling three pairs of glasses okay. if three pairs of glasses Okay. Needed. Well, do you work within an optometric practice or you? Uh, it's independent, like optical retail. Okay. All right. Well, that's your job. I don't care right. if you have, no, seriously. <laughs> I don't care if you have the worst OD and the worst OD handle. You as an optician have a job. You understand. You have to ask pain questions. You can't convince anybody of anything. Let's understand what selling is in the first place. When I ask this question without Googling it, without <coughs> going into a dictionary, what is your definition of selling? 90% of the time I will hear, it's not persuading or convincing somebody of something. No, it's not. Selling is simply this, folks. Helping someone acquire what they need. Period. That's it. And guess what? There's wants-based selling and needs-based selling. Thank goodness, thank God, we're in a needs-based business. Right. Okay. So isn't that more of a natural extension of who you're supposed to be as a healthcare professional? Right. right? Okay. Yeah. If you want to persuade somebody, become a lawyer. Right? Okay. Now with that, what's easier to sell, the second pair or the first pair? Uh, the first pair. Right. So start talking about the second pair first. Yeah. Get that out of the way. Because the first pair, a monkey can do it. You know how I know? There's Warby Parker and Zenny. Monkeys are doing this for you. Okay? So, so that's the first pair. Okay? So talk about the second pair or the third pair. Let's talk about polarized progressive lenses for you. Blah, blah. It's not your job to think, oh my God, can they afford it? It's not your job. You're not, it doesn't say ABC optical and line reader. It doesn't say XYZ optometry and financial planning. Present the best products, plural, that you have. This product does this, 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 and this for you, and this product does this, and this, and this, and this product does this, and this card. This, the price is here, and your VSP contributes this, and here, what works best for you? It's a double and ponder question. What works best for you optically? What works best for you financially? You have a question? I was gonna, well, we're, we're talking about second pair, third pairs, right? Yeah, sure. And, uh, what pairs fit pairs? Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I find that, um, I almost try to talk them out of a second pair. So, oh, uh, right then. So, okay. so they have, I give them 25 days to decide, they get a discount, they, get, they don't have to buy, they don't have to do they it right then. They get a discount. I don't, I'm, I, is that a foreign word? I don't understand. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you don't have to give it to them. Okay. But, okay. I don't want to pressure them into uh, selling uh, more than whatever. So, some in some cases, if the prescription is so different, I'm better off just to do the one pair. No, I uh, and, absolutely. You know, you're talking about a major prescription change. Yes. No, of course. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, be smart. Give them the options, and then um, and you know, hey, you can get this. One of you know, you wait, or you can get it now, and not uh, just right. let them decide. Okay. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But you, how often is a major prescription change happening? Do you see? Well, look, if it's on a plus. Prescription and it's 50, it's major. So, you know, I mean. Uh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, I'm talking about it, aren't we? Yeah. It's a quarter of that. Absolutely. As an optician, I am not an optician. Van Rue will attest to that. Van's worked with me oh, at Project Management. Uh, but I've never been educated as an optician. I'm certainly not an optometrist. Okay, but I've been in this industry my whole life. And I can't begin to, look, you guys are the only healthcare professionals in the world that have retail attached to it. And they don't teach doctors, retail, management, HR, selling, marketing, anything in a commentary school. 
don't know why, but they still don't. And yet they want a percentage of the optical sales right. when they produce a prescription. Of course. So you're the optics guys, and I watch you guys in certain optical and optometric forums, and I'm blown away by the intelligence and the level of, of, of knowledge that all of you have of lenses and frames and panoscopic tilt that makes my, I pull my hair out of my head, see? <laughs> so, but, so I have all the faith in the world with you guys when you know your products, but what I don't have faith in with you guys, and it's why I'm here today and I do what I do, how do we communicate that to the consumer? Why am I better at this than most people? Because my father, the optical sales legend of this industry, when I'm in third grade, what does your father do for a living? Some people, oh, sales. My father sells optical frames. Well, what's that? I learned at an early age how to explain this in layman's terms. So it's literally, how do I explain this to the consumer without using optical jargon or optometric jargon? What's the number one, let me ask you guys a question. What's the number one objection that you guys get? Whether it's a premium product or a second pair. What's the number one? Price. Right, exactly. I'm going to share with you right now. By the way, I'm not going to teach you anything. I can't teach you anything. I'll only make you think. Five words or less that will overcome every single objection somebody come at you. Okay? Here are the five words. You deserve it. Okay, I'm sorry. Daniel? <laughs> no. The five words are this. Other than the fact that. And this is what it sounds like. Other than the fact that these glasses are too expensive for you. Are there any other reasons why you wouldn't purchase them? That's it. What am I doing? I'm isolating the, uh, the objection, making sure it's real. Because most of it, you're recognizing. look. You're recognizing. Yeah. Well, I, I want to make sure I understand yeah. it. Because most people, even myself, oh, the car's too expensive. That's our default position. I don't know if it's a human thing or it's an American thing. I really don't know. But it's our default position. What's our, oh, no, too expensive. I can't afford it or, or whatever. Okay, I want to make sure that's real. Other than the fact that it's too expensive, why are there any other reasons? Well, you were talking about something called digital progressive lenses. Okay, now they didn't hear your presentation. They, they missed the jargon. They didn't weren't concentrating. Okay, now we visit it. Or other than the fact that it's too expensive? No, it's, uh, it's out of my budget. Okay, shall we explore a more inexpensive option for you? How hard is that? Right? I find myself when I say that, I think, yes, it is expensive. Great. Okay. Fantastic. We have other options. So I sit on, you know, shall we explore more inexpensive options? I have, I sit on the fence with something. Me personally, if I worked in an optical or an optometric practice, me personally, I would want to give the very best products I have based on their needs. This is the best frame for you, this is the best lens for you, the best coach, whatever it is. Okay. On the other side of the fence, I, should I give them choices, good, better, and best? I think, me personally, it depends who I'm dealing with. And depending on your sales skills or your human readability skills, how you read somebody. So, uh, so I was doing a workshop and I said, you know, always present your best and competition came at me. Well, I did that once, and, and the person said, you know, and I did your, other than the fact that, should we explore a more inexpensive option? And the, and the patient said, wait a minute, there's a more inexpensive option? How come you didn't tell me about this in the first place? So that's why I sit on the fence. 
should I always present the best, or should I give them three options? Not two, not four. But you said they're best depending on what their needs are. That doesn't yeah. mean it's the most expensive. It exactly. Mean that exactly. It's well, for me, that involves the fact of you getting to know the patient. Now, customer service, way back when we were, you know, most of us have been opticians forever. Customer service was our goal. It's common sense. Unfortunately, nowadays, common sense is not so common. Right. So nowadays, you know, everybody just goes up, what kind of glasses do you like? They don't explore the patient. You have to become their friend. Find out what their needs are. Do you golf? Do you do this? Do you do that? Find out probing questions. Understand your patients. And then you can justify it just by the answers they give you. So when, you, when they tell you, well, I, I go fishing every weekend. I do this, I do that. I go, well, aside from your progressive that you need, have you ever thought of getting a progressive polarized lens? And then they'll look at you because they don't. it doesn't click in their head. Well, you need it because you tell me you go fishing every weekend. Right. So you establish, they tell you what they need. You just have to tell them, this is how I can make that easier for you. I have a very suitable template for, for you folks. I'm in the business of asking pain questions, period, pain questions, based on this simple template. How do you use your eyes in a certain situation? How do you use your eyes at work? How do you use your eyes when you're boating or fishing or golfing, or playing baseball, watching your kids do homework or watching binging on Netflix? How do you use your eyes? You know, for a first time presbyo, Mrs. Jones, are you taking your glasses on or off to try to read something? Then you follow up, so that's what I call a pain question. Pain questions are based on lenses for the most part, correct? You know, sometimes you want an oval frame or a flexon frame and unbreakable stuff, but for the most part, pain comes from their visual needs. Okay, great. How often, then you follow up with four very simple questions. How often is this happening? You want to know occurrence. When it happens, does it bother you? Now they're focusing on their pain. I'm not telling them anything, I'm just asking them questions. When it, how often does it happen? Does it bother you? How much does it bother you? Oh my God, a lot. Here's the closer, ready? Would you like me to help you with that? Period. If you're making a presentation before you get the answer to that question, you're talking to the wall. You have to get their permission, always. Would you like me to help you with that? Or, if you want to soften it up, you know, I've been doing this a long time, we've had a lot of patients with similar challenges, we've helped them, would you like us to help you as well? And you do it with a smile and you nod up and down, and you know, understanding their needs. Then you make a presentation. Now, can we all agree that a presentation is basically talking about features and benefits? Yes. No. Stop that. Stop that. Talk about the features. Well, let, let me explain. If you found pain, if, 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 a, if a Shamir lens has 10 features, but you only found pain for five, just talk about those five. You talk about six to 10, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Don't ever, ever talk about the benefits. Instead, ask about the benefits. This is Jones, this progressive lens will do this. Yeah, this. Do you think that would be advantageous to you? Yeah. How? Let them tell you. You know what they're doing? They're closing themselves, and I just killed bias remorse in two seconds. You can go to courses for bias remorse, whole day seminars, two seconds. If they tell you how it's beneficial, so I'm a big fan of not telling but asking. 
Does that make sense? Yes. I like when people nod their hands up. Thank you. Um, How do you get an so, optician to stop chit chatting so much with the patient? Because I think it's Base, a baseball bat usually works. <laughs> it's, it's mentally exhausting when you're trying to be sold something and it's just chat 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 chat. You know, Daniel just did, chat, 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 chat. did a, I mean, I'm chatting with him. Daniel just did a podcast with me. We talked about this. Uh, Talking about the kids and the wife and the motorcycle. Well, it, it's yeah. diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah. You know, he, it's funny. We, we all have personalities and, and people want to be connected to people. Uh, when I ran Project Homeless Connect, I had a volunteer, Heather, and she was as sweet as can be. And Heather loved connecting with the participants. I mean, her heart was bleeding. She really, she wanted to hug them and love them and talk to them and find out their stories. And I came down on her one day, stopped that. And she you can't tell me. But yeah, there are other 40 other services that these participants have to come to. So what are you actually doing? You're not really helping them, you're hurting them. Because now they have to go to DMV and get uh, an ID. Now they have to go to the dentist and get their feet, you know, work on their teeth. I want you to have a connection, but do what you're supposed to do. Be warm, you know, have that connection. But people in your practice, in your office, you have to tell your opticians, they have other things to do today. They have to take Johnny to the Little League and Susie to soccer. You know, they have yeah, to. Yeah, but I think I have a small place in the South, and I do a lot of chatting okay. because. Yeah, uh, you Southerners are very chatty, right? What is that? <laughs> uh, so. Mmm, this finger licking. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so. I don't think of, a, of, of anybody that I wait on, no matter what they spend. Well, of course, they have to spend something to have some value. Uh, I don't think about getting everything that I can out of them. I think about how can I sell this person something that will make them want to come back when they need to come back. So, so I try to think long term right. when I'm waiting on something. So if I got a chat for an hour yeah. and somebody else is waiting, whatever, well, you know what? They have to wait their turn, or it's just, it's just how it is. Right. Well, you have to be cognizant of people are waiting to see you when you have somebody in front of you. One of my pet peeves as a consumer is if I'm in front of somebody and they answer the phone, you know, and they start talking on the phone. Hey, I made the effort to come in yeah. here. So I understand what you're saying, and there, I travel around the country, and there are different cultures and different personalities and different ways of relating to people. Um, in the South, I was just in Athens, Georgia. It's a slower, you know, it, it, it's a slower uh, rhythm to their speech as opposed to when we were in New York, right? <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And LA, dude, you know. Um, so, yes, go ahead, Karen. Um, so, you know, I have a question. That's probably a little bit unrelated to what everybody else has been asking. Okay. So my you really question. Want to stop me. I do want to stop you. So online sales are going to are anticipated to grow twenty percent in the next five years. Okay, I'm trusting on that. Trust me on that. I'm right. So <laughs> never question a woman. Totally at least. So that's the minimum. That's the minimum anticipated growth. Right. The biggest demographic you would think is millennials. That's incorrect. Okay. The biggest demographic is individuals that are over sixty-one thousand dollars a year. Okay. The three main reasons why they purchase is convenience. Is this from a study, or how do you learn this? Or like, is this like Walmart? Because, no, it's not Walmart. Knowledge? No. It's a general study. It is a study. Okay. For the Vision Council of America. Okay. So I'm like awesome. That's why. So, 
And the other, but the third reason why people go besides convenience is wardrobe. Wardrobe. They buy wardrobe. Okay. Because instead of buying one pair for $500, they can buy five pair at $100 a piece right. and have multiple pairs for the wardrobe. Right. So with this in mind, and everybody keeps talking about how internet sales is a disruptor, mm -hmm. what would be your number one recommendation for the independent to make their presence larger known in this demographic? Because evidently it's not cost because the ones that are buying it are the ones that are in the higher income bracket. But it is cost, you just said it. Mm -hmm. But, but we're not doing it correctly. Right, because the AOA is a useless organization as far as marketing is concerned for the profession. Opticians, I'm sorry, you don't have a national organization. It's awful. And I years years ago I was talking yeah, to I was sorry. Hey, I showered. Was it something I said? Really? Hey guys, thanks for stopping by. It was so nice to meet you. Um, uh, uh, we'll put a hundred dollars on your tab up there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll have that to the paper. I'll stop by tomorrow and say. We'll do it. Okay. Thanks, man. Okay, man, you're in charge. Okay. But not to, not to ignore your question, Karen. That's a marketing thing. That is uh, the industry, the profession. The optician is a profession. Optometry is a profession. You, the VCA, you're awful. Let me. Before Vision Expo, there was something called OpiFair, and there was a doctor in Pennsylvania who was putting all the money from OpiFair in his pocket. Good for him. But I worked for a company called Silor, and the VP of Silor, and uh, the president of a company called Universal Universe, his name was Alan Ritter, decided to start the Vision Council. They're going to start Vision Expo, and they're going to take all the profits from these shows and put them back into the industry. It's not happening. Where is Got Milk in the eyewear business? Where is it? I've been waiting 30 years for this. It's thinking it's, about your eyes, which is not thinking. Yeah, but it, how prevalent is that? How prevalent? So, <laughs> what you're asking is a marketing question, but how do you combat that? Because they still have to come in, and I don't. I'm not really up on the telemedicine thing. I'm kind of watching that and learning about that. Uh, alternative just got nailed, or and they try to change the name. And right, but but they, you still can buy lesson online. But they still have to come to the eye doctors to get a comprehensive exam, right? So now that you have them, now we have something called the capture rate. How do you keep them there? Well, you know what? Bring in product, bring in the, in, I'm a big fan of the independents like Van is. Bring in the independent product at a different price range. You know, are there any other reasons you want, want, you know, other than the fact that they're too expensive? No, well great, let's bring out the, you know, the modern, the, the, the less expensive frames. You want the Warby Parker quality? That's fine. One of the most powerful questions I can ask in a capture rate, oh I want my PD, can I have my prescription? You know they've gone somewhere else, you don't care where. You have to be, you really have to understand you are the best, whether you're, you are or not, if you don't have this belief, do something else. You are the best optical shop, you are the best eye doctor in town. Do you really want to trust your patients in somebody else's optical, whether it's Warby Parker or Costco or Walmart or the Dr. Joe Blow down the street? No. So, he, <laughs> so here's the question. I understand. Am I correct that you're trying to save a little money? Yeah, okay, I get that. Because the you have to understand the consumer thinks eyeglasses are a commodity, for the most part. Most of them do. So here's the question. What's more important to you? Price or quality? 
you want us to ask the patient that? Yeah. What's more important to you, price or quality? And and just like this, stare at them gently and wait for the answer. Do not pause. I mean, pause. Do not talk. Don't have diarrhea. What's more important, price or quality? Quality. Fantastic. Let us, let, you know, now you just change the whole conversation. If they say price, fantastic. We have frames or we have eyeglasses for every budget. Come with me. Let me show you. How phenomenal was Robert Bell? He just invigorates me. I just want to go out there and just crush my sails on the optical floor, even though I don't get out there as much as I would like to. If you want to get in touch with Robert, I will put a link to his Facebook page uh, in the show notes. Just send him a, a message or uh, get his phone number off there. Um, I think you'll really enjoy his consultative services.